0: So, Acts chapter 4, verse 23. So, even before, even before you put that, so just some context here is in, we're, we're all kind of familiar with the beginning of the book of Acts, so there's this big boulder to Pentecost. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit, all the disciples, waiting in Jesus knew something about his disciples. That you guys, as you are right now, are not brave enough and bold enough. And your words aren't wise enough. <laughs> so I've got to give you power on high. And it's the same for all of us. We're not just meant to go as we are. That's an encouraging thought. Because if you look at yourself and I tell you to go, you're like, I don't have much to go with. But the point is, you should say that to the Lord. I have nothing. Therefore, you must give me everything. Yeah. You must give me the words. Jesus even told His disciples, when you go to a town and you're supposed to give the reason for your faith, whatever, don't prepare it even beforehand. That's scary. In the moment, I will give you the words. And he said, the Spirit of your Father will speak through you. So there's something powerful about that. So the context here, Peter and John, how long of this Pentecost experience, the church is born? I mean, they're not even calling it, I don't think it's even called the church at that point. But you have the believers together, and then Peter and John are used by God to heal that man at the temple gate. He'd been lame,
1: crippled for about 40 years. You can imagine in a place like
0: Jerusalem, every every single person, I think, would have known that And we're these days that we live so I was thinking about this, we live so apart from each other that I don't know if there, if there would be just one person we would all know and we would be like sure, God is at work. Um, but this, this all kind of slows over and you end up with Peter and John before just the people, before the Jews. There's, no, there's none of us involved, there's no Gentiles, Jews, stands there and, and very bold you, you, can, you can look at your Bible if it's up in front of you. You'll see the words lot, whom you crucified. Not kind of vague like whom we all kind of play a part in. It's saying, you crucified this Jesus. That takes boldness to do that. The very people that called for Jesus' blood and that said, crucify him, give us the rest. They're to those people and saying, you crucified them." And that takes a different kind of Peter, Amen. To the one, a few days before, denies Jesus to a servant girl. He says, I don't know the man. That's a different man. That's a different power that came upon him. And then the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders find out that the disciples have healed the man And that they're speaking also to the common people. They said, we've got to put a stop to this. But they said, the fact that this sign has happened, we can't do anything about it, it's happened. They almost accept like defeat They're like, okay, it's happened. No one can deny it. So they said, but let's somehow just squash this thing. Get these guys not to preach in this name. And, and they 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 threatened Peter and John. And this that's the context. Now you get to Acts chapter 4, verse 23. They've just been threatened. They say, if you preach in this name, gonna It's going to be problems. We're going to to squash you. And they're thinking, well Jesus, our very own Lord and Savior, was crucified. So what's going to happen to us? So there we get. Let's read from Acts chapter 4 verse 23. It says, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, is through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. Why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth assemble themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. And says, for truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. There was gathered both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. I mean, that's a a big assembly of enemies right there. To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with holy spirits and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Come on we, do we need that skull? Yes. 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 We need this place to be shaken, we need our souls to be shaken. And I I think I think one of the main works of not just not just being full of the Holy Spirit, but I think greater revelation of Jesus takes you from being self-oriented to being almost self-forgetful. That's what these men are. they not there's no concern anymore ready for Hey, we've got to kind of like hedge our bets here. Let's just play this thing easy. You can imagine if Peter and John had been threatened like that and they came back to the church, what could they have said to the church? Hey guys, I think we came on a bit too strong. Maybe we've got to change this message. But I, I kept saying, Who are you crucified? Maybe I shouldn't say that. A bit hectic. We should maybe just pray for protection, guys. What do you think? <laughs> they could have said the murder, they could have said, the Maybe you set up a committee. amongst us, and we will decide what, what's going to happen. But no, instead they come to all the believers, not just the leaders whoever, all the believers and say, we're in this together. We weren't just the ones you were all traitors, because you all believe in that name. Yep. So what are what, what the responses, do you think? If we were that church, and Peter and John were coming back to us, how do you think your own heart would respond? How
1: many of us do you think would
0: be like, okay, let's, let's not be unwise about this, guys. Let's be wise. Wise as a dove. Eh? Oh, flip a circle. Yeah, gentle.
1: Yeah.
0: But what do you think our was is I think knowing even myself, often it would be one of preservation. Like, I don't want to lose you guys either. I don't want to lose you, people. I don't want to lose my brothers. But there's something that had come over them of such boldness that said, How do they start? In verse 24. What's the first thing the church decides? You're faced with a massive problem. What do you do? You pray. How do you start your prayer? Oh Lord, woe is us. No. What you do is you're faced with a problem and you're like, this problem is huge. This is Goliath standing in front of me. I need to downsize this guy. How do you down- downsize him? You put him next to one who's way powerful man. So you go, okay, sovereign Lord, wow. And you're speaking to yourself, sovereign, Lord. wow, what does that mean? Who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything? Okay, you're thinking, wow, your chest's kind of puffing out. You think, wow, okay rulers to take on the sovereign law. You've totally forgotten yourself that they're not against you, actually. Do you realize that? The devil has not got a personal vendetta against you. feels like that sometimes. The reason he's against you is because who you represent. Yeah. You're coming in the name. He's got an issue with the name. He's darkness. Do not represent light. So he's got an issue with it. Don't think so highly of yourself that you are the one he's coming after. It's who you represent. You're an ambassador. In the same way, if you read maybe in the, the book, I've been reading the book of Kings recently. it's so it's so violent. <laughs> but often, one king or emperor would send an ambassador, and that guy's in his chops. He would go to the other army and kill that an ambassador. So it's a horrible job to have to be really an ambassador like that. But in a sense, we're ambassadors And we've got nothing to fear. We're not (laughs) in our jobs like those times. (laughs) Is that making sense? So that thing there I think is so important. Not
1: just, often advice is when you've
0: got a problem is pray. That's true. But how we pray is so important. Because I think there is a prayer that honors God. And there's a prayer that actually dishonors God. And God is so gracious that I think more often we pray things and it gets to heaven and the angels like auto tune your prayer and they give it to the Father and it's like, oh wow, that doesn't sound like James, that sounds great. And the angels are <laughs> like, <laughs> because sometimes
1: my prayer is so selfish. It's so self focused. It's Lord, like, oh, I don't know how the future holds. i to just you're my
0: helper. And then this just you're my helper. I think God, even in His kindness and graciousness, does that. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't seek to pray according to the will of God. Have you ever felt that when you read Scripture, maybe during a week or in a day, and you pray it, you feel like, wow, that prayer has power on it. You feel that. It could be something as simple as, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, I shall not be in one. One line, you read that in the morning, and you face an area of lack there. Need something? You bring that prayer up. And it's got like weight. It's like a bone. You feel it. So I think the more we fill our minds with Scripture, you're going to add weight in the Spirit to your prayers. Can I get a witness? Yeah. So what they do here, and I thought another important point is you'll see in verse 25 they say. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. you know what's significant about that? They already were at the point where they realized all their scriptures
1: were not just written by Moses,
0: Abraham, whatever. They were all those people. They're like, this was written by the Holy Spirit. That is fuel for you. They could open Psalm 2 and they're like, this wasn't just David writing this was the Holy Spirit speaking through a vessel. Yeah. David was just a microphone in God's hands. Moses was just a microphone. Yeah, okay. And that adds
1: fuel to us. So we open God's Word and we're like, this isn't just words. This is actually the Holy Spirit speaking through His church.
0: That's power for us. It's divinely inspired. It's unchangeable. And um, to, turn in your Bible. Well, yeah, actually, do it. Turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 2. Because this is, this is the scripture that they, they quote. And you'll see there might be one or two changes in words from how uh, the disciples quote it versus how it's there, but it's not major. So it says, why do the Gentiles rage? So there it might say, why do the nations rage? And the peoples plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves, they assemble themselves, and the rulers are gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Um, But in verse 4, there, I don't have it in front of me, but it says, Look at this. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision, in ridicule. How's that? When we look at our enemies, we've got to immediately laugh. Eh? Yeah. God has to get us to the point where we say, but, okay, you actually look like a giant, but you're a grasshopper? You're tiny. He has to get us there. When we start off we're like, this giant in front of me is huge. I'm tiny. And the work of prayer and the Holy Spirit gets us to that point where it's, okay, wow. It's not that I'm bigger than the giant. It's the fact that God, the sovereign Lord, is bigger. You see the difference? You don't puff yourself up until you're suddenly bigger than the problem. That's not gonna happen. You puff the Lord up in your vision until he seems enormous in your view and anything seems like a step. Amen. It's easier said than done, I you know that. Sometimes we have to wrestle and pray to get to that place. Over and over, that problem keeps facing you. And you've got to fix your gaze back on the Lord. Over and over. But the Lord ultimately wants us to know that He sits in heaven. He looks at all their crafty little plans. Think of like King Nebuchadnezzar. I would have loved to see those hanging gardens of Babylon that they had the palaces and the. But it, it must have seemed like such might, such earthly power. I think of King Xerxes. I can't remember which king I represented. Persia. But like when they describe these, these armies, they'll say like, their, their foot soldiers would be like grains of sand on the seashore. It's like, what, what was it like to behold these armies? And God looks at them and does He get afraid? He laughs at them. He says, I've seen your type before.
1: <laughs>
0: You're not the first to gather themselves against me." Them. But we, we don't see it that way. We're, we're so quick to judge in the flesh the size of the problem. And then verse 27, after, so after Psalm 2, they say, for truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus. So what they do now is they realize they've done something very good in praise already. They've taken a the shift of themselves as if woe is us because we're being persecuted and they said hold on hold on. They did the same thing to Jesus. Not longer. And think about the cross. Did the cross seem like a victory from first lines? No. If I would, if I was a disciple and you were a disciple, I can promise you, you would have fled. You would have been mourning. Your whole world would have been disordered. And this way. What on earth on the And they still didn't understand all these words about the, the comfort is going to come. Now who's heard it? Click. So they're in mourning and soon after they see the risen Christ and the and the penny starts dropping. Wow. If what men and the enemy meant for evil, God has turned for this good, then any other problem after the cross is this big. Yeah. You agree? If the very God Earth, as is the only hope that as a Jew you would be waiting for the whole life. And he's crucified and that was the end of it. That would have been the worst thing. The fact that he's risen and not just that he's risen and he kind of like survived the whole ordeal. He actually conquered the enemy. He took the keys to death and names. It says in Hebrews that he delivered all those who were, were subject to a fear of death says, we were enslaved to a fear of death. And He delivered it through His work on the cross. So for you, you don't have to have any fear of death. Amen? Yeah. There's no fear of death. You can say to live is Christ, to die is gain. So Lord, you choose. Whether I'm here in the body or I'm with you. Your choice. I don't belong to my son. So it was so good what they did is they they reflected on Jesus and all the hordes of hell that seemed to be assembled against him. I've got a scripture I don't even know if I was going to fit it in here, but it is it is like a bomb. This is so good Turn, Just flip over to Acts chapter five. This will encourage your very soul. Turn to Acts chapter five. Okay. Exodus, Bible, verse thirty-eight. Um, wait, turn it up quick. So, before we read that, what's happened here? I'm not going to give you the long story. But again, you have the Pharisees saying, "These guys didn't listen to us. They're still speaking in the name." Was it Gamaliel? Yeah. Huh? Ah, oh, what? Hmm? No, no. Gamaliel was the one that trained. Oh, yeah. So you got know, an this in the high priest, and this is what he says. This is what he says to his brothers. Other Pharisees
1: heard.
0: He said, "So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail." God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Yeah. He even realizes it. You might even be found opposing God. You're trying to speak on God's behalf and stop these heretics, And he says if this is of God who do we even think
1: we are to stop it? Yeah. That
0: is what we need to keep in mind. Whatever he says if this is of God I'm not. Because what is man? Man is like grass that withers and Isaiah says it's blown away, it comes and it goes. I love that. I've been thinking of that song. If this is of man, it's gonna fail. And he mentions just before that about like, three other guys that have risen up. They said that and there was a lot of like ze- is it zealotry, is that the word? People are very zealous, and a lot of false Christs. saying, I'm the Messiah. Join they get defeated the and just fizzles off. And Gamalel says, if that's the same here, it's just gonna fizzle off. But if it's of God and it was of God, it did not fizzle off. Amen. So I'd encourage you, even take that scripture and feed yourself. I found for me, I started thinking so many things, is that is built on the foundation. No man can touch it. So then going back to where we were in in chapter 4, look at this point in verse 28, and we've already touched it. It says, all these people were gathered together to do whatever your hand, Lord, and your plan had predestined to take place. So turn back quickly to chapter 2, Peter's sermon. In chapter 2, he says something quite profound. Is it 2 verse? I think it's 23. Chapter 2, 23. verse 23. So he's speaking to all the, the Jews that are assembled there after Pentecost. And he says, This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of all the Lord, what do you see happening in one verse here? God's sovereignty is like a secret word of God and man's guilt and culpability. And there's a mystery. You don't see one can't see how others. He says, he crucified the blood of Jesus on your very own hands. Your Messiah has blood on your hands. That's strong language. But he says the mystery in all of that is that it was no accident. God was not watching His Son go through life and react to the best He could to somehow finally get Him to the cross. Jesus knew that Himself. He says, My hour is not going to come. My hour is not to come. He knew that He had an hour to come and He knew that He was going back to the Father. It says that. He knew, he's going to, he knew His mission. So this was fuel for the disciples. Can you see? If God so ordered the very dead resurrection of Christ by His secret will like that, then surely He is still with us and behind us, even when we don't see it. Is that heading home for you? You can make a note for yourself if you want, it's an easy to remember scripture. It is Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. And it's a verse that the that the the, the Jews knew very well. It says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. So already there was an understanding amongst them. Why are you laughing?
1: Who is it? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a it's a great scripture because it's one to go back to remind yourself. Okay, there are things revealed, and there's also we're not supposed to know everything God knows. Some people say, I'll only accept God once I understand everything He does. But then He's not God. And who are you? Yeah. To have the capacity to know and understand God, who's infinite. So there is a place we can rest. There's a place God wants us to rest. If the thing is revealed, I will stand on that God. That's enough foundation. I don't need more foundation. That's enough. There might be an honest Is There's going there's going to be grief. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be trials, but you can say that things are real, I will stand as a rock for my feet. Amen. Let's check on my time. So let's, from from verse 29. And then they say, now they finally get to themselves. And they don't say much about themselves. They say, and now Lord, look upon their threats and grant to us, your servants, to continue to speak your word with all boldness. That's quite a selfless prayer still. They're still ultimately praying, not for their will to be done,
1: but for God's
0: will. They're saying the persecution, the weight against us is increasing in size. So we more boldness. You gave us boldness before. I think we need more. And God's not. God's really intimidated by those prayers. You can come to me every day, God, and say, I feel weak. need such a good strength. It's not like you come in next day and say, Hold on, I gave you strength yesterday. What are you doing? Every day. I think it actually delights God when you come to me and you say, I'm not going to even try to on myself today. I've done that before. I'm going to rely on you. Give me your strength. Give me the power to obey the very commands he's given. He wants that from us every day. Self-reliance. And that's what the church does. And I pray that we would be the same. I'm not here. I would not be... I don't even think I would have be been echoing that prayer just yet. Of the only thing I'm asking for is boldness. I can think of other things to ask for right now. Maybe a church building for us. Maybe (laughs) just give us a little more time to enjoy, maybe this fellowship that we've just created. And all they pray for is just boldness to do God's will. With the assumption in verse 30 that while we do that, you're going to keep doing your work. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. What's fascinating about them is even though they're saying, Lord, you must enter your to heal, they fully realize that they were the vessels that he really came to. So even you have, in, 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 in chapter 3, Peter and John start almost getting worshipped by the people. Do you remember that? They say, like, by what power are you doing this? And they say, brothers, it's not by our own power or piety that this man is well and healed. It's not by our own, our own righteousness. Don't look at us. Don't worship us. It's by the name of Jesus. Yeah. And you've got to have that. If we look to ourselves to perform what God's called us to do, but we're so fixed on us as the vessel, you're going to be paralyzed from doing it. Amen? You're going to look at the task and be like, I can't do that. God might say to you, go, go walk up to that person at the checkers and go speak to them. And you're like, I can't do that. He's like, but I can do it. And you've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer you who live. It's me who lives in you. And then you suddenly go, okay, wow. <laughs> truth to the face. Okay, cool. It's not about me. And you walk to the person. You've got to have that in you. Yeah. I can testify. As long as my eyes are on myself,
1: it's doom and gloom. It's insecurity.
0: It's fear. It's self-preservation. It's doubts. It's what if this happens? Maybe this. What if they reject me? You know what I'm saying? We've got to figure out how do I get my eyes on you daily. And I'm near the end now. And then it says in verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. Their prayers were answered. The boldness they asked for, they got. And I think, as I was reflecting on this, I'm not, even, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself, that I've often for so long had an understanding of the Holy Spirit as like, not necessarily, but... It's been more for God to pour out his love into my heart, which is, is true. For basically self-experience, if you know what I mean. But I want to challenge my own self. Like I haven't actually thought about it spirit enough as a quick. Have you? Like last week we, we all we had a loving service. We came, many of us here just enjoyed time in God's presence. Who enjoyed that? Just waiting on God, you our strength. Receiving from him. But it doesn't just weirdly end there. Do you realize that? It is equipping that you might go and be witnesses for him. Otherwise, like Charlie's word, you're like the plant with the
1: same that's almost
0: infertile.
1: It looks exactly the same as the other one,
0: but it's just not producing fruit, it's, it's a stagnant pond. You go to the side of the pond. Cut a surface so the water can start flowing through. And we need that. And God will meet us where our faith is at. He's kind. He's not going to say to get up right now. Take your shirt off. Now you've never said that. Maybe a sports head. And speak to all these people. Get in the train. It's very awkward in the train. Or the lift. And no one wants to look at each other. He might start you small, he said, just speak to your spouse about what I've been showing you this week. And you start telling them how. Why don't you speak to a family member? Why don't you speak to I, I think a colleague can be some of the hardest to speak, because you have to see them every day. It's easy to be a stranger. A colleague sometimes feels like high stakes. But God will meet us where our faith is like, at. Amen. He doesn't just throw you in the deep end and say, can okay, you be like all the other Christians? He will slowly but surely get us to that place. But I think a real challenge for myself and, and for us is, you, you can even put up Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus, Jesus. said these very words, and it states of the whole book of Acts, He says, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is upon you, and you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, all Judea and in Samaria to the ends of the earth. And you see that in the book of Acts, it starts in Judea, it goes out into Samaria, it goes out into all the nations through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I, I want to challenge your thinking. For many of us it's so surrounded by that language of baptism in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, those believers that were in the river really was shaking, they were the same believers that were at Pentecost, their numbers are just increased. They didn't say we need been full, we don't to we They're saying we've been full, be filled say, we've been filled, but we need more. Yeah. We need more boldness, we need more faith, we need more peace, we need more of an anchor. You see that. So I felt I felt like an application for us. I've I've tried to reframe how we view prayer. And I think practically speaking, anytime you have a problem and you start praying, ask yourself, How do I position this prayer in light of God? Don't tell him what the end. Start with Him. Say, what is my problem I'm facing? It could be, it doesn't have to be as big as the whole church being threatened by the Jews. That's not necessarily a problem, I'm guessing tomorrow. You're not being threatened like that. But for some of us, we're facing issues, burdens and problems that God wants us to take and frame in light of Him. There's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. He said, prayer will cleanse your inner eye so that you may see the truth in the light of God. Prayer almost like it washes out where it's run hazy, and you see the truth about the situation in the light of God. He says, "Prayer will cleanse your inner eye, so that you may see the truth in the light of God." No, that's not a scripture. That's Charles.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And also, what you behold, you become like it. So, the more you behold something, like it says in two Corinthians three, that we beholding Jesus, are now being transformed from one degree of glory to another, one step in front of the other, slowly but surely. Slow, taking ground like that. Um. So, anyone feeling anything prophetic that they want to. Praying. putting it out there because we're going to pray now I mean this message is about prayer so it would be a bit doff if I just said cheers Oaks. I'll see you next week we're going to pray and we're going to pray together and put God's truth whatever your problem is think of the problem and put the problem in the last and and start with God
1: Thank courage, turned around and spoke to them and housed us, housed us. They're Russian.
0: Okay, that's bad.
1: Their family is stuck in a war. Wow. They're here on holiday. The conning area is taking They're trying to get back into Russia. Too. Too. She's crying. He's probably going to go back and fight. Sure. And I guess pray with him. And then you know what go outside. saying, right? It's just a big brand But
0: that love and obedience is actually going to be strength and faith to be more people to this is why Because I love the sovereignty of the other yeah. society in that moment. That's
1: so good. Any other testimonies? Beg. So, hi everyone. Um, so on Monday, I um, came to work and it was like a very stressful morning. And then I woke up in the <laughs> um And um, like our car had to go for repairs, so we had to have lifts to someone else's house in the morning at 6 a.m. And they were asleep when we got there. And it was like so stressful. And then I got to work and I forgot my laptop I don't remember, that I had work on. And I was like, oh my gosh, how could this have happened? and then we had a meeting and we were just talking about like everything and then she asked me like so how are you going to figure out to get the laptop to work and i just like broke down in tears i was like everything was just stressing me out and then i was like can i just have a moment and then i went outside and i probably was starting to have a panic attack and i don't struggle with panic attacks but it was just everything on top of each other and and I was struggling to, to breathe and like, I couldn't breathe. And then I went to the bathroom in the office and I was like, oh, my God, oh my gosh. And, and then I'm like, okay, who well, are I going to call? My phone's by Lisa. Like, what am I going to do? There's no one that can help me. And I was like, Jesus, I need your help. And then, like, probably for like 10 minutes, I was in there struggling by myself. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, Jesus, I really need your help. And out of my spirit, I looked in the mirror and I was like, spiritually calm. And immediately, immediately, mm. everything was calm. Seriously, that was not me. Um, the Holy Spirit literally rose up within me and it was like, Spirit be calm. And immediately everything stopped. And this peace that I, I cannot explain, it just followed me. And this joy I walked out there and it was such a victory. And I went back to the meeting and it was like, Okay, sorry about that Lisa, can we continue? And, And like that boldness in the Holy Spirit that literally was like, Spirit, be calm.
0: And it was done. So well done, That's Beautiful. What I I want us to do is is pray into those situations we have. So you can pray with someone next to you, but think put into practice. I want you to think of this because this is. I wanted this to be as practical as possible. So when you preach it on prayer and you need not a little clue what to do differently, I think that this probably where failed. I want you to take this and say, if one thing I can remember is that I've got to take whatever giants I'm facing, whatever problem, and it's always going to start off looking bigger. Then it's going to end up here. You start there and you don't just get obsessed with the problem. You say, if God is the maker of heaven and earth, and if rulers come and go, like a disciples said, then who are you, probably, to stand before? them? You're like Beck said, sometimes you've got to speak to your soul with boldness and say, you are being intimidated right now by fear. You're being intimidated by insecurity. You're in a room where you think no one wants you or likes you, and you're hearing lies. And the same boldness also lies on you and say, whose name is it that ought to be who purchased me when I was an enemy? It's Jesus. Yeah. Who's it that said to me, Neither do I nor enemy? And all your accusers have dropped drop this stone that they're going to throw. You've got to speak truth to yourself. But I promise you, if you do not have God's word in the you're going to be like a marksman grabbing for an arrow and there's no arrow.
1: Yeah.
0: So you've got to load your quiver with ammo. It doesn't have to be lofty, it doesn't have to be the whole of Acts chapter 4. It can be one verse. The Lord is your shepherd can probably get you through a thousand different scenarios. It's a pretty comforting one to go The Lord will never leave me nor forsake me. It's going to get you through a lot of dark places. But I feel God's, God's passion for us as His children. See, He doesn't want us to fight. Like in the dark, just punching at the air. wearying ourselves, going around in circles. He wants us to take the truth about Himself. Like that song, Waymaker. You can also put that down in your notes. You want want a song to sing to yourself. That song, Waymaker, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in darkness. You take songs like that and you sing them to your soul. I do that when I'm miserable, and I get miserable sometimes. My wife, right? and I've got to speak it to myself. I'll be like, I don't know what's wrong with me. She's like, Go away for a retreat, I'm like, I just went.
1: Go Sends me to my car to
0: put on in some kind of like, rescue in the car.
1: But do what you
0: need to do. Don't go through our days just defeated. And miserable and like the Israelite army staring at the life, saying, What are we gonna do to be so and shouting again? We can't do that. Amen. You're catching my heart. Let's pray. So no no, you're gonna pray with each other. So find someone you want to pray for. You wanna pray with? And put us in prayers. yeah, sure. uh, so just so sure. guys. before you start praying, one quick word, it's a word of knowledge. I want to release it. Sorry, i just sure. for which I had a